It's kind of a special weekend for us as a um, congregation, and because of that, I want to put a pause on our verse-by-verse study in the New Testament, our weekend services, and I'd like to draw your attention to the 73rd Psalm. Now, Psalm 73 was a, a psalm that was written by a guy by the name of Asaph, and Asaph Uh, had a very long worship career in Israel's history. He originally was David's worship leader, King David's worship leader, uh, the guy that led the choir there in the tabernacle. And his ministry stretched all the way through the administration of David uh, into uh, the reign of Solomon. And so he was one of the giants of the faith at that time. He would have been considered one of the most spiritual guys going in ancient Israel. And what is intriguing is that in Psalm 73, he tells us that he comes up against a situation in life that nearly cost him his faith. He tells us that he came within a hair's breadth of just chucking his faith, or in today's vernacular, deconstructing. Uh, from his faith. And what we have to understand is that what he runs up against is something that all of us are going to run up against over the course of our life. And if it threatened that guy's faith, well then how much more will some of these situations that we run up against, how much more will they threaten our faith? And so he begins to discuss what happened in his life. And we read in verse one of Psalm 73, we're told here that it is a Psalm of Asaph. But then he says, truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. Now there are certain truths. Now there, there are theological things that we can debate over and argue over and it really isn't going to have eternal ramifications to it. But there are some truths that are so important for the followers of Christ that we are to have a death grip upon them and not to let go of them. For if we let go of some of these foundational truths, we could see ourselves becoming shipwrecked in our faith. Now notice that the truth that he highlights here is that truly God is good. And you've got to settle this in your mind, that come what may in your life, whatever circumstances come across your path, at the end of the day, we must have a rock solid understanding that God is good. Because there are going to be circumstances in your life and mine that are gonna challenge that. If God is good, then why has this happened? If God loves me, and if God is good, then why did my child die? Why did my grandchild die? And there are gonna be some deep waters that you and I will have to navigate over the course of our life, and if we are to remain steady in our devotion to Christ, We've got to settle in our minds certain truths, and this is one of them, that God is good. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking God questions. God is not afraid of your hard questions. 
God is not afraid of you saying to him, now look, I don't understand. Why did this happen? And why is this going on? And when will the end uh, eventually show up in my, in my life? Now, there is, there is a line that we cross where our questions begin to be accusations. And we begin to suggest that maybe God isn't as smart as he claims to be. Maybe God's not as righteous. Maybe God isn't as good as he claims to be. And these questions can become challenges to him. We see this, for example, in the story leading up to the birth of Christ. You've got Gabriel. Gabriel, he's a little touchy, all right? And Gabriel shows up and speaks with Zacharias, this old dude married to an old woman. They've been married for many years, and they've never been able to have children. Gabriel shows up and says, hey, old dude, you're going to have a baby boy. I want you to name him John. And Zacharias says, how? How? Now, Gabriel, again, kind of a prickly Pete, Gabriel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Do you think I have nothing better to do than just prank old childless men? And just so that you don't say anything else that's stupid, you're not going to be able to speak until this boy is born. And then he leaves, right? And then he travels, Gabriel travels to Nazareth. And here he finds little Mary. And he says now, oh, you are blessed of women. And uh, you're going to have a baby boy. And she says, how? Now, he doesn't say, why don't you shut your mouth, little girl? He doesn't say that at all. He says, now, don't you, don't you worry about a thing. Now, just let God do all the heavy lifting here. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. That which is going to be conceived of you is going to be of the Holy Spirit. You just don't worry your pretty little head off. You see, clearly, those two hows were coming from two very different hearts. And if you and I have not settled in our minds that God is good, he loves you, the day will come when you'll realize that God did know what he was doing, that God does not do random. There's no haphazardness to God. He is orderly and he loves you. And when his plan finally is revealed, you will say, God is good. Now, the problem comes in in verse 2 for this guy, where we read this. But as for me, my feet almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. I came so close to falling in my faith. Why? For, right? So here's our reason word. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He almost lost his faith when he saw that the world was not being governed the way the world would be governed if he were God. Right? We've all, we've all played that. Well, if I were God, thank God you're not. But, you know, if I were God, no, you know, decent human being would ever die of cancer. You know who'd die of cancer? All the terrorists. I'd have the terrorists die of cancer. I'd have all of the, you know, the dictators around the world that's persecuting the church, all of them would just die these horrible, horrible deaths. 
You see, you and I, we buy into this saying that, well, if we just get serious about our relationship with God, we just believe God, read our Bible and pray and do all those things that the followers of Christ do, we're, we're not going to have any problems. That's a delusion. Those who will live godly in this world will suffer tribulation. You and I are going to have difficulty. And so this guy is watching the prosperity of the wicked and he says, look, this, this, is, this is wrong. This is not what should be going on. And what it leads him to do is that it leads him to a wrong conclusion. Now he goes on here and he talks about how the, the wicked are prosperous. He notes verse seven, he talks about how they're, they're so filled with prosperity, their eyes are bugging out of their head. They've got so much prosperity, can't even keep it in. But then notice what he says in verse 12. He said, behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain. I have washed my hands in innocence for all day long. I have been plagued and chastened every morning. These people, they're so filled with prosperity. They hate God. They're doing all these horrible things. And their life, they're just skating. They don't have any difficulty at all. Now, what he comes to the conclusion of is that it doesn't pay to serve God. Notice what he says there, that I have, I have uh, cleansed my heart in, in vain. Here I am trying to be what God wants me to be, and I keep falling by. I don't have two shekels to rub together. And I look at this wicked neighbor of mine, and, you know, he's got the new chariot out there, and he's got the new villa, you know, on the Mediterranean. He's got everything that he wants, and here I am. I'm just going from one struggle to another before my feet hit the floor when I'm getting out of bed. Notice he says, I'm chastised every single morning. Now, notice what he says in verse 16. When I thought, how to understand this. It was too painful for me. Are there not confusing, painful mysteries in our lives? And if you have not come across a painful, confusing mystery, just wait. It's going to come. You're going to experience it. You just haven't lived long enough. There's going to come a point where, God, I just don't get it, right? And so he comes now to this great mystery. And you look around our world today, and I would suggest to you, is not our world at the moment a great mystery? Is it not true that lawlessness is just ruling the day? Is it not true that we are living in an hour where that which is good is spoken of as evil, and that which is evil is spoken of as good. Look at what's happened just the last, what, week and a half, right? We've got these guys, they've come into our country illegally, and they have beaten up two New York City police officers. They're taken into custody for just a couple of hours, and they're then released with no bail. Now, you get some of your buddies together and you go beat up a couple of cops, I guarantee you, you're not going to be released with no bail. And these guys get out, they get on buses, they head into the heartland, who knows where they're at. And then, at the same time, 
We've got six followers of Christ. And you can see the video online. They're not blocking anybody from the abortion clinic. You can walk right through. You can get your abortion if you want. They're leaning up against the wall and they're singing hymns. I'm telling you, there's nothing more frightening than somebody singing hymns, right? They are then put in federal court. They are found guilty. And now they're looking at 11 years in a federal penitentiary each. And each one, $260,000 in fines. Their lives are ruined. Beat up a couple of cops and you can just stroll your way through life with no problem. Stand up for the unborn, and they will see to it that you are destroyed. And you look at this, and you think, what in the name of sense is going on? God, why aren't you doing something about this? And so here is a guy now. He is on the verge of just cashing it all in. I'm done with this. I'm just, uh, you know, whatever devotion I have uh, to God, it just seems to be all vanity. It seems to be emptiness. But then notice a change happens in verse 17. Until, until what? Verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood there. Who's there? The ungodly. I understood their end. Coming into the sanctuary of God should always bring a consciousness of the eternal. You see, here's a guy, he's looking around and he is confused. He looks up and all of a sudden he begins to get answers. And what has happened into this man, this man's life is that he has entered into the sanctuary of God and he is confronted with the truth of God. Now, here we are. We're in this, we're in this big room and uh, we call it the sanctuary. It's not, it's not a sanctuary that Asaph was dealing with in the tabernacle and the temple, but we call it a sanctuary. This is, this is where we gather together. And as we come together and we fellowship here and we worship and we read the word of God, it should bring clarity to our lives. It should bring a correction. We've been, we've been out in the world and we've been seeing stuff that doesn't make sense to us. We've been experiencing things that doesn't make sense. And so we now gather together and we listen to what God has spoken in the past. And it begins to bring clarity. It begins to change our, our perspective. I, I go to the eye doctor and I'm looking at the eye chart. And then he puts that weird machine in front of me. You know, the better now, better now. Better here, better here. And, you know, that chart is going from fuzzy to clear. And, you know, it's just going all over the place. Now, that chart, nothing is changing on that chart. What is changing is my perspective. And this is what we want this place to be a place in which our perspectives are changed. We want this place to be a place of conflict. Not conflict between brothers and sisters, but when you invite your friends and your family that don't know Christ, we want them to come here and encounter the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
We want their eternal perspective to be radically altered. We want them to feel uncomfortable. We want them to be challenged by the truth of the Lord. You invite your family and your friends here and they will be encountered uh, by, they will encounter the truth of the word of God. And what happens here with Asaph is that he's in this confusion. He's ready to just chuck his faith, but now all of a sudden uh, there is restoration. And we want this to be a place of restoration for you as you're living your life and you're going through these things that you don't get. We want you to come here and receive insight from the word of God that your perspective would be corrected and you'll continue to live for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have been in this building for two and a half years. Hard to believe it's been two and a half years already. And um, what a wonderful season we have experienced as a congregation. And I remember two and a half years ago that uh, we were drugged here by the spirit-led leadership of Headwaters Church. They drug the elders of this church here. I'll never forget, I'm walking out to my truck. truck. We were out in, still in the building in Leo. I'm walking out to my truck and the phone rings and it's Pastor John from Headwaters. And he said, he said, hey, you know, I, I hear you guys need a building and we have been looking for a building for years. But just nothing gave us peace. And uh, he said, look, I, you know, I got a building that, you know, might work for you guys. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go look at this dumb building. And, um, you know, and, I, and I'm sitting there in the truck and, I, you know, he's just, well, just come and kick the tires and see whatever. And I'm like, well, okay, what if, if you talk to my wife, my wife will tell you, I can't say no. And so I hung up the phone. And I thought, why did I tell him Yes. Why didn't I tell him no? You know, I'm going to waste my entire day, you know? And so I pull off of Clinton and I get on to East Wallen and you know how it begins to have that incline going over the interstate. And I just thought, eh, this is not comfortable. I don't like this. And I get over the expressway and then you, you go under that southbound on-ramp and I thought, nope, this is not going to work at all. But they just wouldn't back off. They just wouldn't leave us alone. And it finally got to the point where I thought, well, if they're going to be this dumb, I'm going to be dumb enough to sign whatever papers they want. Now, we were concerned because God was doing a good thing there in Leo. And we didn't want to mess that up. I mean, we're not talking about hundreds or thousands of dollars. We're talking about millions of dollars. This is a, these are a lot of zeros that we're looking at. And, and I'm not comfortable looking at that many zeros. And God, I don't, I don't want to make a mistake here and ruin what you want to do. And how over the last two and a half years, we've seen the Lord just bless in just incredible ways. Now, I remind you, we never ask you for one dime, did we? Never once did we say, now come on church, you're gonna give. Never once have we talked to you about money over the last two and a half years. But we just teach the word, the word brings maturity to his people and mature Christians are generous people. 
And we have witnessed the generosity of God being demonstrated in the lives of his followers. Now, how generous has he been? Brother Brian, the elders from Headwaters, they're going to come. They're going to share with us how generous God has been. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Good morning. Psalm 44, verse 8 says, In God we boast all the day long, and we will praise his name forever. And so uh, here are all of that we're going to say here this morning uh, with that lens in front of you, that we're boasting today about what the Lord is, has done and is doing and is going to do. Right? Uh, this is Eric, Tom, and Troy. They're elders at Headwaters. And this is Kevin. He's an elder here at Harvest. Anybody know him? <laughs> you know, as Pastor Paul was saying, the Lord is so good. And we're here to announce this morning that um, we are in the process of scheduling the closing on the purchase of this building. Now, we're not going in debt. We're not borrowing any money. And the reason we're not borrowing any money is because the vision the Lord gave to Pastor John and the elders at Headwaters was to offer us a building. And, and we're sharing this story. Many of you know this story. And I'm sorry if it's boring to some of you. You've heard it. I don't think it can be boring to hear this story uh, over and over. But um, we sat in the friend's room over there uh, in the kids' wing with uh, the elders from Headwaters. And they said, you know, we're going to need, uh, you can make a down payment any amount you want. We need a monthly rent of $15,000 a month. And we can negotiate a purchase price. And then in five years, you can, after you pay the rent for five years, at the end of the five years, you pay off the balance in a balloon payment. And we uh, talked, and we, what, we talked with our finance team, and they gave us a number of kind of like our, this is, we, we can't go over this number. And uh, they had a number that they couldn't go below. And it was right there. And so we um, made a deal, $3.75 million. Us, that's like, oop. <laughs> but we could uh, pay the rent for five years and walk away without paying any more than that. Right? When someone is that generous to you with an offer, right, you, you want to bless them. Right? Now, in the world out there, uh, you, you would take advantage of that as a business person. Right? You say, well, I might enjoy that building five years, see where it's at at the end of five years, and then make a decision whether I want to stay or not, and then whatever's in my own best interest, I will do that. Well, that was not our heart, because it was not their heart toward us. And so this, as Kevin, Kevin's going to share in a second too, but in the first service, Kevin called this a kingdom transaction. This is not two parties looking out for their own best interest and self-interest, uh, but brothers in the Lord, uh, seeking the Lord's will for what to do about 
this building? Did he want us here? Did he want them to sell it to us or somebody else? And as we're walking this out, uh, as Pastor Paul said, it was just we, uh, you know, we're not the sharpest tools in the, bo in the Lord's box, uh, the elders here. You know us. Right? <laughs> and so, you know, as Paul said, how many, how generous do they have to be before we say yes? And so it was our priority to pay them back as, as the Lord provided. And we had no idea when that would be. I like to say it, we, uh, once we made the decision, we loaded up the truck and we moved to Beverly. Right? <laughs> and, and here we landed, and I remember after the closing, I, want, I drove by this way just to take a look at the building, and I saw Paul's truck out there, so I came in, and they found him <laughs> sitting in the back. We sat in the back row. And both of us thinking, what, Lord, what are you going to do here? You know, this is a big place. And we had to decide whether we're going to keep having three services or are we going to, we could fit everybody in here in one service at that time. And we made a faith choice. Let's keep the schedule and just see what the Lord does. And we talked about, do we do a, a campaign? Do we do a thermometer? Do we ask pledges and do the thing that is normally done. Nothing wrong with those things, but we've never been that, we've never asked for money before in, in any other context, and so well, let's just see what the Lord does, you know. And uh, just didn't sense, and that was another faith choice, let's just see what the Lord does. And uh, we can always do that if the Lord leads us there, but at that time, just let's just see what he does. And so we started having services in July, and people start coming. And now you're all here. <laughs> and uh, the Lord's at work here. And he's doing something special here. And through that generosity, we paid off the rent in one year. The five years of rent we paid off in one year. And so then we uh, well, let's start see how we might do on saving up that money for the balloon and uh, you, if you remember it wasn't too long ago we were in here announcing that we were going to make an early payment on that balloon and um, that was a faith choice because we could have held that money for the remainder of the five years and earned interest right on that money and uh, and, and kept all that interest for ourselves But again, when someone blesses you, when the Lord blesses you, you want to bless in return, right? And so, uh, so we're getting ready to close. Praise the Lord, right? But the Lord has more to do because it's really not about a building and it's not about money. It's about what he's doing in your life and the faith choices that he has for you to make today and tomorrow and next week and the people that are supposed to be here but aren't here yet and now we are kind of full today right and so we're sending pastor craig out and uh, hoping some of you will go with make some room for more and uh, we just let the lord do his work in our midst so kevin i want to give you an opportunity to share a few things and then we're going to uh, Hear from our brothers at Headwaters.
Yeah, I just I'm struck by the idea that you know we can be faithful here and making kingdom choices, um, but it starts also with you making faith choices and you making a faith choice to come and join us and come alongside us, and then also making a faith choice to give. Right, so you've been gracious. The Lord has put it on your heart. The Spirit has led you uh, to give, and I'm just so grateful for that. Right, grateful for you all and what you do. And you look out, and this is a for our congregation. I think this is kind of a mountaintop experience where, boy, we stand and we and we. It's the Lord is good, but we each have a story, right? And so some of those stories today's good, but man, there's there's some things that are lurking in a valley. What the Lord has for us, we don't know. But it doesn't change, right? So if this place wasn't full, and if we didn't, weren't able to pay right now, and maybe we had to give the building back at the end of five years because we couldn't afford it, that doesn't mean the Lord's not good, right? And we testify to that. Yes, this is great, and we give God all the glory and the praise, and we're so thankful that we can do that today. So thank you for listening to the Spirit, trusting, right? Trusting the Spirit. So Brothers from, from Headwater is going to give you an opportunity to say a few things. Thank you. It's such a blessing to be here. Uh, it, it warms my heart to uh, see the Lord working in this place, in this room. I remember back in 2006-ish when our church, which was called Wallen at the time, was thinking about building uh, this, this end of the building. And we stepped out in faith and thought we were following the Lord's will, thought we knew what his plan was, and we did it. But God's plan was even bigger than, than we knew. Um, and then, you know, five years, when, five years ago when we started thinking about uh, having our church move downtown, um, we thought we were stepping out in faith. We thought we knew what the Lord was going to do, but God's plans were even bigger. And he has blessed that. And it's been such a neat thing to see your church and how we thought that, you know, you could come here and, and, uh, and praise God and, and his plan has been even better than we expected. But this is more than just a real estate thing. This is, this is an opportunity uh, for God to work in hearts and lives. Um, being here this morning, uh, my wife and I have been reminded of, of times when we met in this room when, when things were bad. Um, we always sat kind of right back there like every single Sunday. And there were times when we were sitting back there uh, dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Uh, dealing with the news that our son was going to be born with special needs. And as Paul talked about, we needed to come here every week and have that eternal perspective. Uh, we needed the Lord to speak into us and remind us that he was doing something bigger uh, in our lives. And so uh, I trust and pray that the Lord will continue to work in your lives and that uh, your hearts will be encouraged and be given that eternal perspective every time you're here. We sang a few moments ago, I can worship you anywhere. But I remember the first day I walked through with my family through those doors and into this sanctuary. And the work that God did in our hearts at a very tender time when we were, had, had been hurting and God brought healing and strength. I remember the last time we worshiped in this building. 
It was the spring of the year. And thanking God for how he had worked in our souls in that period of time and trusting as we were going to now relocate to Well Street and what the Lord had for us in the downtown Fort Wayne area. And I'm going to remember this time. As I walk through those doors this morning, there's an old hymn called Precious Memories, How They Linger, How They Ever Flood My Soul. Oh my, <laughs> the memories just came. In this place, in God's work, and particularly in this sanctuary, set apart for the worship and praise of God. To him be the glory. And I am excited for the precious memories of not only today, but in the many days to come in your lives. To God be the glory. Well, this is a really sweet moment. I think they There we go. Yeah. This is a really sweet moment right now is, has, been, has been expressed. I'll take you back a few years. There was a really sweet moment we had. It was mentioned the Harvest Elders and the Headwaters Elders met uh, and, and got together. And just in that time of fellowship and prayer and conversation and just seeing how the Lord was moving in the different ministries and just had this sense that, you know, where God is moving, you just want to be in the stream. And so God was moving, and we just wanted to get in the stream, harvest and headwaters, elders. And I'll tell you, it's been a really neat relationship that's developed out of that, the relationship now that we have as elders between the churches. It's not a very large percentage of people within our Fort Wayne metro area that on a Sunday attend a church. There's a lot of room for the gospel. Yes. Right? They, there is need for many buildings that can be the sanctuary of God for his word, as Paul talked about, to bring that perspective of the eternal into the lives of our city. We're just a part of it. You all want to be a part of it, we want to be a part of it, and we just want to be faithful to what God has put in front of us to serve him well and to bring the light of hope and truth and grace and peace into the hearts and lives of the people we serve uh, together and in this city. May it be that many would be called. May it be a work. May it be a, a reviving work in the hearts and lives of our city through this relationship and things like it. Like you did as you blessed someone when you came out of Leo. You blessed them in that situation with a church there. And Lord willing, talk about a church plant. May he open the doors so we'd have more sanctuaries filled with praise of his people. Would you all join me in praying for Headwaters and their elders? God, we are so grateful just for the opportunity to stand together and, and uh, stand shoulder to shoulder with one another. Lord, you are good. You are so good. And, and we lift our praise to you and we recognize this is because of you we can stand here mm -hmm. and, uh, and worship and, and praise and, and be united. Yes. Um, Lord, we're thankful for that. God, I pray a blessing on my, my Headwaters brothers and pray uh, for their church. Mm -hmm. 
Lord, I pray that your hand would be on that and you would continue to lead and guide uh, that church that um, is full of your people, God, that need to hear your word and they're ministering um, in, in so many, so many ways, God. I just pray that you would continue to give them wisdom and grace and help them to walk in mercy, Lord, with one another and um, in, in how they're impacting the community in Fort Wayne. Lord, I pray um, that you would just bless their leadership, um, Lord, and bless their people. Lord, you're good. Um, our plans are often so short-sighted. And um, Lord, I pray that we can just, all of us can uh, rest in you, open hands and open hearts, God, to what you would have for us and for them. And um, Lord, we just pray in your name that you would continue to guide us. Yes. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for loving us and giving us the opportunity to live for you. Lord, because of you, this is all possible. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we just want to, uh, again, thank you. And uh, the Lord is doing something in your life because you're his sanctuary, right? We are living temples. And so be encouraged, and I hope that this morning uh, that you'll remember this service uh, because today is a special day that we can all draw from at any time we want to remember Oh, yeah, I remember the Lord did something special for this assembly and for the Headwaters Assembly. So, Lord, grant us the grace, whether we're in times of plenty or in times of lack, whether the seats are full or the seats are empty, to remember you're always at work and that you love us and that you are good and that your grace is sufficient for us. Bless my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.